Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We're back in the book of First Kings. We're going to be looking at chapter 21 today and most of chapter 22 as we get around to um, finishing up the book of First Kings. So in chapter 21, there was this guy named Naboth, and he, um, he had a vineyard in Jezreel beside the palace of uh Ahab, the king of Samaria. McGee says this place uh, in Jezreel is really a beautiful place. And if you had to have a house in this area, this is a place to have it. It was just a beautiful area. So in any event, Ahab really wants this guy's property. And as we're just hitting the high points in chapter 21, verse 4, Ahab went into his house and he was vexed and solemn because of what Naboth the Jezreelite had said to him, for he had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. So King Ahab lay down on his bed and turned away his face and would eat no food. And McGee calls him a spoiled brat. He wanted something. He couldn't get it. The guy says he's not going to sell it. Number one, he probably loves his property. Number two, it's something that his fathers gave to him. You know, it's in the family. He doesn't want to part with it. So land was everything to folks uh, here. Verse 5, But Jezebel, his wife, who's very evil, came to him and said to him, Why is your spirit so vexed that you eat no food? And he said to her, Because I spoke to Naboth the Jezreelite, and said to him, Give me your vineyard for money, or else, if it please you, I will give you another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give you my vineyard. And so Jezebel, his wife, said to him, Do you now govern Israel? Arise and eat bread and let your heart be cheerful. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. In other words, this woman was just evil, conniving, and she you know, didn't know her place as a queen. She was acting more like a king sometimes than he was, acting... You know, just, um, you know, very aggressive person. And she was more cold-blooded probably than he was. Verse 16. Now, uh, so basically, um, 
she, to long story short, she gets a couple of false witnesses and accuses uh, this fellow Naboth who had uh, this vineyard of blasphemy. And uh, then they, she has him stoned to death, okay? Falsely accusing someone just so she can get to his property, Okay, verse 16, as soon as Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, Ahab arose to go down to the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite, to take possession of it. And there you go. Look at what Jezebel did. Verse 17, then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, the Tishbite, saying, Arise, go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, who is in Samaria. Behold, he is in the vineyard of Naboth, where he has gone to take possession. And you shall say to him, Thus says the Lord, Have you killed and also taken possession? And you shall say to him, Thus says the Lord, In the place where dogs licked up the blood of Naboth, shall dogs lick your own blood. Okay? So, he's telling Elijah to tell it like it is. And remember, Elijah's been on the run from Jezebel, the wife, so, again, it's another mission that uh, puts him square in danger. Verse 22, I will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nabal, like the house of Basha, the son of uh, Ahijah, for the anger to which you have provoked me, and because you have made Israel to sin. And of Israel the Lord, and of Jezebel, the Lord said, also said, the, law, the dogs shall eat Jezebel within the walls of Jezreel. Okay, anyone belonging to Ahab who dies in the city, the dog shall eat. And anyone who dies in the open country, the birds of heaven shall eat. Okay, so terrible proclamation here. Um, so now we come to um, chapter 22. Uh, for three years, Syria and Israel continued without war. But in the third year, Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel. In other words, Jehoshaphat, now, he was in the southern kingdom. He um, was a good king, uh, but he visited, you know, he's visiting um, uh, King Ahab, the king of Israel, in the northern kingdom. And the king of Israel said to his servants, Do you know that Ramoth Gilead belongs to us and that we keep quiet? And do not take it out of the hand of the king of Syria. So in other words, he's stirring up. He wants to take possession of some land in Syria. He wanted the vineyard. Now he wants some land in Syria. And he said to Jehoshaphat, will you go with me to battle at Ramoth Gilead? Now he's saying, if you go with me, you know, it's kind of like, if you don't, maybe you're a coward. If you do, maybe we'll get it. He wanted the land for himself. He wanted an easy victory. He didn't want to do it himself. He wanted this other king, you know, Jehoshaphat from the southern kingdom to go with him. And this was not a battle that God was telling him to do. God was not with him. So, um, and Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as you are. My people are as your people. My horses are as your horses. So Jehoshaphat is saying, you know, we're, we're, He's sort of looking at this as their one people. And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, Inquire first for the word of the Lord. In other words, 
before you do anything, you've got to ask what God's will is. Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and said to them, Now these are false prophets, by the way. Shall I go into battle against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? And they said, Go up, for the Lord will give it into the hand of the king. They're just telling him what he wants to hear. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here another prophet of the Lord whom we may inquire? In other words, how about instead of these false prophets, let's have one from the Lord. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord, Micaiah, the son of Mullah. I hate him, for he never prophesies, prophesies good concerning me, but evil. So in other words, there is a prophet of the Lord. I don't like him because he always tells me bad stuff. Of course he does because King Ahab is not in God's will in any event. And Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say so. Then the king of Israel summoned an officer and said, Bring quickly Micaiah, the son of Amalah. Now the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, were sitting on their thrones, arrayed in their robes, at the threshing floor at the entrance of the gate of Samaria. And all the prophets were prophesying before them. And uh, Zedekiah, the son of Chennai made for himself horns of iron and said, Thus says the Lord, with these you shall push the Syrians until they are destroyed. And all the prophets prophesied and said, Go up to Ramah Gilead and triumph. The Lord will give it into the hand of the king. In other words, they're just prophesying. They don't know. And the messenger who went in to summon, summon Micaiah said to him, In other words, Micaiah's in jail. Or maybe he's in jail or he's, um, uh, who knows? Maybe he's uh, being guarded or something. In any event, um, Micaiah said to him to summon, the messenger who went to summon Micaiah said to him, Behold, the words of the prophets with one accord are favorable to the king. Let your word be like the word of one of them and speak favorably. In other words, he's telling them, everybody's saying good stuff. Maybe he was trying to be helpful. Maybe he was saying, if you say something wrong, you're going to get, you know, punished. Uh, Or maybe he knows that Micaiah doesn't ever say anything good about the king, so maybe he's trying to, like, you know, stop something bad from happening in any event. But Micaiah said, as the Lord lives, what the Lord says to me, that I will speak. In other words, he's saying, I'm going to tell it like it is. Verse 15, and we had come to the king, and the king said to him, Micaiah, shall we go to Ramah Gilead to battle, or shall we refrain? What do you think he does? He answered him, go up and triumph. The Lord will give it into the hand of the king. So he's kind of saying it mockingly because he is telling them just what they want to hear. He's being sarcastic. But the king, this is King Ahab, said to him, How many times shall I make you swear that you speak to me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? You know, he smells that this is sarcasm. So Micaiah said, I saw, now he's getting serious. I saw all Israel 
scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no master. Let each return to his home in peace. In other words, there's no there's nobody in charge. In other words, the king's going to be dead. Verse 18, And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell you that he would not prophesy good concerning me, but evil? Yeah, this, is, this is the words of an immature king. He sounds so immature, doesn't he? He doesn't even think that he's talking to a prophet of the Lord. And Micaiah said, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. So now he's giving a, sort of a prophecy here, a, a, almost like a parable. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing beside him on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab that he may go and fall at Ramagilead? So now he's sort of, he's saying, he's putting a parable that God's trying to say, oh, how can we get Ahab to get himself killed? And one said, and one said one thing and one said another. He's almost like making it seem like God is having to ask opinions of people in heaven, just like Ahab is trying to ask opinions of prophets on earth. That a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord saying, I will entice him. And the Lord said to him, by what means? And he said, I will go out and put a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, you are to entice him and you shall succeed. Go out and do so. Now, therefore, behold, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all of your all of these, your prophets. The Lord has declared disaster for you. Okay, so he's sort of given a, a prophecy that all the prophets are lying because of a lying spirit that God's put in them. So he's prophesying not only against the king, but all the prophets. Verse 24, then Zedekiah came near and struck Micaiah on the cheek and said, how did the spirit of the Lord go from me to speak to you? In other words, how does that sound? You know, did, did, do you think this was the Spirit of the Lord telling me to hit you? And Micaiah said, Behold, you shall see on that day when you go into an inner chamber to hide yourself. In other words, that day's going to come and you're going to be in hiding. Verse 26 And the king of Israel said, Seize Micaiah, take him back to Ammon, the governor of the city, and say to Joash, the king's son, Thus says the king, put this fellow in prison and feed him meager rations of bread and water until I come in peace. And when I come back, I'll probably put him to death, right? And Micaiah said, if you return in peace, the Lord has not spoken by me. And he said, hear all you peoples. So you, he says, you're not coming back. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went to Raymond Gilead, and the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and go into battle, but you wear robes. So it's silly because he thinks maybe putting a disguise on will protect him. 
So they were fighting against Jehoshaphat, but then when they hear him cry out, they realize he's not the man they're looking for. And so the battle's over, and there was a guy, you know, he probably had, it was like he had one last arrow. <clears throat> the battle's over. And um, verse 34, a certain man drew his bow at random and just shot a bow in the air. And this bow struck the king of Israel, Ahab, between the scale, armor, and the breastplate. Therefore, you know, so he just shot an arrow in the air and it hits the king. And therefore, he says to the driver, turn around and carry me out of battle for I'm wounded. And the battle continued that day and the king was propped up and the blood of the wound flowed to the bottom of the chariot. And at sunset, a cry went through the army. Every man to his city, every man to his country. In other words, just like, just like Micaiah had prophesied, the, she, the sheep were scattered. Verse 37, so the king died and was brought to Samaria. And they buried the king in Samaria, and they washed the chariot by the pool of Samaria, and the dogs licked up his blood, and the prostitutes washed themselves in it. The prophecy came true. And as McGee says, the sin that you commit, God always makes you pay for it. You can't outrun God. You can't disguise yourself from God. You can't be going into battle without God. You can't be asking for wisdom from anybody except for God. And um, Micaiah prophesied against him, and Elijah had prophesied against him. In the place where the dogs licked up the blood of Naboth. Remember that vineyard he wanted? The dogs shall lick your own blood. That's the same place that he was brought to um, when he killed Naboth. So the, even the sin of when they um, killed Naboth, he's paying for it. So we're going to stop here, I believe. We might finish up. First Kings tomorrow, and then be. It looks like we're heading into Second Kings. So, um, always wanted to to go through this material. So, hope you're in. You will enjoy it as well as I do. And so, for me to all of you, as always, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. We'll see you here next time tomorrow. And as always, our prayers go up for Sweet Emma and Sweet Jean, and also for Matali. Um, as she travels this week, uh, as well as with uh, Audrey, who is traveling with her. God bless you all. We'll see you here next time.